You are now listening to Mike's Opinion. Logic Unleashed. That's right. This is the Mike's Opinion Podcast, where logic is unleashed. How are you doing? How you doing? You know, that's always the first thing that I want to know. I always want to know how you doing out there. How you doing? Let me know. Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com is my direct email. Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com. Shoot me a message. Let me know how you doing. Or you can reach me at, uh, reach me at any of the socials. You know the socials. I ain't got to say them. You know the social media. I'm all over the place. Let me know how you doing. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, comment, comment. Let me know how you feel out there. I like to communicate with you, vibe with you. For all of you that have emailed me, you know that I do reach back eventually. It may take me a minute, but I do. But I always want to know how you're doing. I hope you're doing okay. Um, as I've said in recent episodes, I hope you're not succumbing to the drama and the bullshit that's out there these days. Because there's plenty of that. No doubt. But today's episode, it really is hard to be funny about this subject. Uh, The subject is guns. It's a hot topic these days, right? Shooting in Buffalo, mass shooting in Buffalo, mass shooting in Uvalde, all the mass shootings. We can go on and on and on. I did a couple of uh, recent episodes about those tragedies. We're not going to focus on those tragedies specifically. We're going to specifically discuss the tools used in those tragedies. Because, you know, I'm a thinker, right? Y'all know that I I think a lot, those that follow me. And if you're just new to the show, first of all, thank you for listening. Uh, And all those that continue to listen and have followed, liked, and subscribed, and and commented, um, thank you as well. I I love y'all. Thank you so much. But doing it. But those that know me, I'm a thinker. And with everything that's going on, it made me think about guns, like the origin of guns. Why do we have these things that fire these hot projectiles? I learned some things doing my research. Once again, for all of these that 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 do you know follow the show, y'all know. You know, I do a lot of research for the episodes. Too much research in fact i get lost i go down what's commonly called the rabbit hole i immerse myself in trying to learn and i always learn stuff when doing research for each and every episode and today was no different um, or yesterday and the day before that because i start researching a few days out uh it's just me for those of you that don't know i don't have a crack research team i look at all these podcasts you know they got staff and whatnot i'll take in kind you know if you want to contribute your services and, and help me out on the show support the show help me grow maybe one day i can afford to hire you that'd be great um but i'm a one-man band and I do all the research myself, the host, the producer, the editor, the researcher. I do it all. I do it all. And hopefully, uh, actually, I know quite a few of you, uh, many out there do enjoy my efforts. And uh, I'm appreciative of you. But guns. Can you imagine a world without guns? No weaponry. No missiles. Cannons, grenades, 
bombs. What would the world be like if those had never been invented? Hmm? Be a lot less death. Maybe the world will be far more populated. You know, I think of serious, large mass casualties like Nagasaki and Hiroshima and all the wars where, you know, hundreds of thousands and millions of lives have been lost over time. I have said this in many, many episodes. And I always come back to this. Fundamentally speaking, like the foundation, something may be wrong with us human beings because when you look back historically, when you delve into what we know of history, humans can't get along with one another. Now, being an American, what's commonly referred to as an African American, a black American, I know that a lot of the focus is on black on black crime, black men killing other black men, the white man killing. That's the end of that sentence. The white man killing uh, the European descent white man. But for me, it's all men. It really does not matter the color. It doesn't. Asia. Native American with the bow and arrow. Europeans. Africans. North and South Americans. Humans. Violent. Unable to coexist peacefully for any long duration of time. Why? What's wrong with us? I have mentioned this before, and I need to get the words, the actual text, but there is a monologue by Agent Smith. In the first Matrix movie. And I'm paraphrasing and summarizing here of course. But the gist of that monologue is. Humans are a virus of planet Earth. Because we destroy. Replicate. And continue to destroy. Not only our surroundings and our environment. But each other. Each other. Growing up in Harlem. In the South Bronx. In New York City. And I ran around to other boroughs as well. I am no stranger to death. Up close and personal. Violent death in my face. As is the young boy that grew up in Beirut. Or other war ravaged areas. The hood is not the only place on planet earth. Where violent death. Is exposed to young children. Sadly. What 
is wrong with us? And then you bring on the advent and the invention of firearms, guns. We have created guns that can fire over 900 rounds, 900 bullets per minute. For what? For what? These are tools of death. These are tools of destruction. These serve no purpose other than to kill and or cause horrific injury. If this were my world, if I had the power of a God, if I had Thanos power, I would snap my finger and gunpowder, firearms would be gone. If you wanted to take someone's life, you got to get up close and personal to do it. If you wanted to hunt and kill that deer, that rabbit, Whatever. You got to do it up close and personal. You got to you got to risk something to get that kill. These hunters that kill bears and elephants and literally every animal on earth and Take them to the taxidermist and mount them in their homes to look at their trophies. Disgust me. It's perverse and disgusting. Because the history of man, we have this ego trip that we cannot live with the creatures of this planet. We must conquer we must dominate. We must control to prove we are the superior being. Fuck out of here with that shit. That's what I have to say to you and yours. Fuck you. That in itself is violent, right? Me saying fuck you. I should be more empathetic and kind and compassionate, right? I should say, my fellow human, please don't be violent. Put down your weapons. Sadly, there are people on earth that don't understand that kind of language. They don't understand kindness, compassion and empathy. They are the savage. They are the evil. They are the bad. They are the destructive. They are the killers amongst us. They will call me weak. They will call me cowardly. 
They will call me all types of names because they equate kindness to weakness. And I'm here to tell you nothing could be further from the truth. Sadly, I'm in Rome. And when in Rome, I must do as the Romans do to survive. So I, too, exercise my constitutional right to bear arms. As did Bobby Seale and Huey Newton back in the days in the state capital in California. When suddenly gun control became popular because there was niggas walking around with guns. And I hate to use that word. There were black men, but that's how they saw us. I'm paraphrasing them. But black people had guns in public space. Oh, no. We can't have that. Huh? And these so-called people we've elected. Now. After 19 little fourth graders, fifth graders are murdered by yet another mentally unstable or just plain evil and or just plain evil teenager murders them and their teachers in Uvalde, Texas, decide they want to get off their ass and make some changes. It takes kids being murdered, murdered to the point where their bodies were unrecognizable. This is the type of gun and bullet that was used that ripped through their little bodies. Sad doesn't even begin to really describe that type of pain. Whether you knew these children or they are your children, they're children. So it takes an incident, yet another incident like this, for now there to be the slightest hint of bipartisan agreement, bipartisan action. Today, which is actually going to be yesterday by the time this episode is released, yesterday 13 mayors here in the state of Texas in which I currently reside 13 big city mayors decided to to beg the governor to call a special session so they can pass basic gun laws, background check, raising the age to buy an assault rifle to 21, which I still think is too young. Contributing money to school security and mental illness, among other things. It's 2022. This is far from our close mass shooting or school shooting. Uvalde is just amongst the latest. Why would it take this long for so-called gun control bills, not even laws yet, bills to be Introduced in bipartisan fashion. How is it that it's even not a bipartisan wave 
for basic stuff. Background checks. Red flag laws. You know why? Money. It all boils down to money. Now some would say, it's my constitutional right. You're not going to take this gun from me from my cold, dead hands. Because they need that gun to feel secure about themselves. They need that gun to feel safe. They need that gun to feel like a man. I too have guns. I would be remiss and lying to you if I said I don't own guns. He said, yo, well, Mike, you're talking all this shit about guns and abolishing guns and changing gun laws. You got guns. I sure do. I had a lot more guns than I have now. But I got rid of them. But I kept some. When in Rome, you do as the Romans do. Y'all got guns. I'm going to have some guns. I've trained my wife. My son's still in the single digits. He don't even like loud noises, but he soon too will become proficient as my wife and I are. Be able to clean, dismantle, reassemble, quick load, aim, and fire in proficient manner. Quickly and efficiently. I must arm myself if I am surrounded by those that are armed. I'll lay mine down if y'all lay yours down. I'll throw mine in a smolter, I guess, a fire pit. I'd melt it down, ammo and everything, if everybody else would. Now, some of those constitutionalists who swear by these documents that were created by these white slave owners because, of course, they had the wisdom of the Lord. They knew all things that were right for Americans then and for the entire future to come. Have we modified it and made amendments? Of course. But this living constitution concept that our Supreme Court, the law, the government, and yes, the gun enthusiast always like to refer back to Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, our founding fathers. Fuck you and your founding fathers. And I say that respectfully. Not just as a black man living in America, but as a human being. Are there some good things in the Constitution? Absolutely right. Absolutely. Absolutely. However, they were not applicable to my race. 
to black men, for instance, all men are created equal. Really? Really? Not true. Just like critical race theory, which I, I know I've been saying it. I've given up on the UFO thing. I'm still working on it, but that's a real challenge for me because of the way I feel about UFOs. But I also said the critical race theory episode is coming, and it is. Just a lot of work. I put a lot of, it's a lot. I'll just say that. Critical race theory, from what I've been learning, and I've done quite a bit of research thus far, it truthfully shows what's transpired in this country. And it's not my fault that it doesn't portray white men in good light. I didn't tell your forefathers to do what they did. I didn't tell your forefathers to enslave a people and make them build a country. And to continue the institutional and the list goes on and on types of bigotry, racism, and hatred. I didn't tell you to do that. It's like a reporter. The reporter, the messenger has nothing to do with the content of the message. The reporter has nothing to do with the content of the story in the vast majority of cases. They're just reporting the story, hopefully without bias. And if the shoe fits, if the truth is revealed and it points clearly in a direction, you have to acknowledge that direction. But guess what? Those from these legacy families that run our corporations and institutions and governments They don't want to be painted as the bad guy. This is America, land of the free, home of the brave, America. Let's make it great again. When was this shit ever great for black people? Y'all know I digress, but it's all connected. Guns are an integral part in all of this. Guns have given some protection. Guns have given some the tool to commit unspeakably evil acts. Doing my research, I learned a lot. And I'll share some of that with you right now. Do you know? Where guns came from, where they originated. My history, and my history, my my research led me to the conclusion that it's really speculative, but basically, like basically speaking, it started in China. China. Asia, Europe, you're talking old world. This is old world stuff. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. 
Africa housed humans for a long, long time. But supposedly the origin of firearms begins with gunpowder. Which most likely started in China in and around the 8th or 9th century. Some historians estimate somewhere around 850 AD, some alchemists in China stumbled upon the explosive properties of gunpowder. Which, by the way, gunpowder is a combination of potassium nitrate, sulfur, and charcoal. They stumbled upon this when they were seeking an elixir of life. Many of those that listen to me, y'all know, I'm not a big fan of Western medicine. Western medicine, you know, the for-profit hospitals, the for-profit pharmaceutical companies, which again is a whole nother episode because O-M-G, profiting off someone's illness and sickness is ridiculous. I digress. The elixir of life they were searching for, reading that made me think of how I prefer holisticness and Eastern medicine. I'll give you a quick example. I know this is a way digression from guns. I understand that. But y'all that listen to me know I digress. I digress a lot. But had shoulder pain pain for weeks, for weeks. My wife kept saying, go to the acupuncturist. We have a really good one here in the suburb of Dallas in which I reside. He's been here for many, 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 many years. And, you know, I mean, limited mobility in my shoulder, significant pain daily. She had gone to this acupuncture and successfully resolved the issue she had. So I said, you know what? She kept bugging me, bugging me. And the pain got so bad one day, I was like, I am going to go. One appointment. One. Laid in the room. Low light. Calming music. I don't know if it was incense or something. Prior to that, he interviewed me about pain and where my pain was and asked me a few questions. Came in, boop, 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 boop. Did his acupuncture thing. Told me to lay still. Came back, did something to the needles that was in me, gave me these Chinese pills. I couldn't understand nothing on the bottle, but he said, this is for shoulder. I still have the pills. I maybe took five of them. Haven't had shoulder pain since, and this had to be at least six, seven years ago. Haven't had a single problem with that shoulder. Had I gone to the Western doctor, They would have wanted to maybe do surgery or give me pharmaceuticals or, you know, some other Western medicine situation. I'm saying all of that to say gunpowder, which led to the development of firearms, up until as we know it today began in China. How many school shootings have you heard about in China? I'll wait. 
How many? How many? Yeah. Exactly. How many times you hear about somebody going into their current or former place of work and shooting up the joint in China? I'll wait. Mm-hmm. How many other places around the entire globe do you hear about mass shootings in places of business, grocery stores, big box stores, churches, schools, public places, concerts, and a variety of other places? How many times do you hear about one or two people killing lots of people in one incident. You don't. You don't. You know where this happens? The United States of America. The USA. Now, the patriots out there will say, Mike, why you still live here in the United States? One, I just don't have the financial means. Feel free to contribute. My GoFundMe and ways to contribute to me. You want me to leave the United States? All I need is the money. But hold on. I'm not unpatriotic. I'm just not about the localization of Earth. Let's go Milky Way. Let's go universe. I don't think as small as regional and I never have. People like, yo, I rep my hood. I rep my city, my state, my country. No, no, no. You know why? Because I'm a thinker. I'm a feeler. I'm not afraid to be kind. I'm not afraid to be nice. I'm not afraid to feel. And I'm not afraid to say we need to be earthlings. We need to be humans. These borders, these differences all need to be embraced under one umbrella of humanity. Why are we limiting ourselves with these claims of locality? Because borders are invented Shits don't exist in nature. It is a man-made endeavor. So at the very least, I represent the Milky Way galaxy. I represent Earth. Why don't you join me? Hmm? Why don't you come with me? Let's be earthlings together. Let's be humans on earth. Ones that live with the land and the animals on it instead of imprisoning them in what we call zoos, which are animal prisons. Why don't we give up our nuclear weapons and work backwards from there? Sonic weapons, missiles, militaries, militias. Machine guns, bombs, grenades, all these tools of death. I'm not terribly optimistic this will ever happen. Because there is a type of animal 
that's inside all of us, but that currently and has been in control for a while. And they will kill you. They will imprison you. They will ostracize you and oust you. If you go against them. If you don't look like them. And even if you look like them, if you're not part of their clan, pun intended, So how does David defeat the Goliath? That's not what this show is about. Today is about guns. So going on with the history about guns and the Chinese Buddhist alchemists that wrote the earliest known account of the substance gunpowder, he said some have heated together the salt, pepper, sulfur, and carbon of charcoal with honey. Smoke and flames result so that their hands and faces have been burnt and even the whole house burnt down. This is way back. Thousand plus years ago. Nearly 2000. Well, no, not nearly. About 1500 years. Um, guns gunpowder spread partly due to the Silk Road if you don't know what the Silk Road is look it up it was a notorious adventurous route lots of things being traded by the 13th century which is the 1200s Ancestors of the modern firearm had spread from Asia to Europe. Say what you want about Europeans, you know, and and your Germans, and, you know, the Mercedes, still a wonderful vehicle. You know what I'm saying? That Sig, the Glock, I mean, it's said possibly. That Hitler and his team had back engineered a captured UFO. German engineering, in a lot of ways, is superior to American engineering in a lot of different products. They think differently. So, can you imagine how expeditiously? Weaponry in Europe was developed. Well, if you can't imagine, uh, let me uh, share with you. By the time the early colonists arrived in America in the 15th century, firearm design had advanced significantly and the weapons were routinely included in journeys to the New World. So just in the span of five to six hundred years, it went from gunpowder being accidentally discovered to now we strapped, yo. We got guns. You got guns. We got guns. 
flintlock joint, matchlock joints. Colin has carried the match matchlock muskets. You just light a match. Light the burning rope to ignite the gunpowder through a small hole in the gun's loaded barrel. And pow! Now, for early settlers pioneering the, the, the wilderness of North America, gunsmiths became vital to small settlements. Because, you know, you got your little town, your little clique, you know, the wild, wild west, right? Gunfights in the street was a thing. They just pop off these days. There's no formal, I'm going to meet you at noon on Main Street. We're going to walk 10 paces, turn around, and whoever shoots most accurate first wins. Because getting shot back in them days, you want to just rush to the ER and they could hook you up. It typically was instant death or a slow death if you got popped. So we only in the 1400s at this point. Guns are here. And pausing there just for a moment, would you say they have helped the humans on planet Earth at this point? Or have they been more of a hindrance? I'm voting hindrance. Problematic. Gave us the ability to kill each other far more expeditiously than we would have had in the past. A lot of these skilled metalsmiths developed the American long rifle, which also became known as the Kentucky, Ohio, or Pennsylvania rifle. Some of these were elaborately carved because Why not make it look like a piece of art? Death art. The man in me, the human in me, when I hold my gun, I look at it and it's hard to ignore something. It's hard to ignore the attractiveness of something that's beautifully manufactured. Even these tools of death and destruction. It's a marvel. It's, it's, it's incredible. And even though the world, in my opinion, Mike's opinion, would be much better off without them. It would be ignorant to say that they're not well engineered. The rifle's most critical quality was its extended barrel. And it featured the twisting grooves along the interior bore. And those grooves guided a lead ball or other projectile to spin as it exited the barrel, ensuring a straighter line shot, and better aim for the gunner. And improving aim was especially critical for early settlers when hunting 
for game for meal, which we know was not really its primary function. It was made for defense and offense, for the killing of other humans. Then you get into the war phase, which speeded up development and creativity and engineering even more. Revolutionary War, of course. Continental soldiers, guerrilla-style tactics, hunting rifles, and being able to take out British soldiers from a distance. And you go, oh, we need more of these. We need better ones of these. Because the British are coming. Hmm? There were smoothbore weapons which usually generated a piece of flint striking a metal plate or pan, if you will, which was coated in gunpowder. And a well-trained soldier could generally fire and reload a flintlock weapon three times in a minute. Whereas the American long rifle required a more tightly loaded bullet and generally took a minute to load and fire a single shot. These were problems back in the day. Can't load this death tool fast enough. We need to be able to load fast before the other humans shooting at us humans kill us faster. This shit is pathetic. If you don't feel it's pathetic, I don't know what to tell you. Say, yo, Mike, you're such a you're such a sensitive human being. You're such a you're such a kind person. You this violence bothers you so much. And you were born in the hood in a violent Environment, born and raised, yes, yes, yes. I theorize that the more intelligent you are, the less violent you are. The less violence makes sense. I am also a realist, and I am not naive. Regardless who made this, our reality, our existence, our universe, our solar system, galaxy, our earth. In its current construct, if I opt to survive, I must kill. There's no way around it. I must consume calories in the form of food to keep living in this physical blood, bone, flesh, muscle, nervous system body that I am currently housed in. Plants are alive. Ever seen a dead plant? Yes, it's dead. What's the opposite of dead? Alive. Now, when we pluck the fruit, 
when we harvest the leaves and stems, we kill those things to survive. As we do the animals that we slaughter and are conveniently packaged and presented at your local grocer, which these days you need to watch your back and I advise taking your gun with you just in case some jackass decides he wants to come in there and kill as many people as possible. Tis the world we live in. So having to kill to survive, I can imagine that many feel having a gun makes it easier to kill. But unless you live in the country where you could still trap and kill without a firearm, by the way, even a big bear or deer, you can trap them. You don't need to shoot them. It's terribly convenient, though, if you're a good shot. So for the advocates of firearms, I already know the arguments. I know where you're going. Yeah. Following the Revolutionary War, Congress established Harper's Ferry Armory in West Virginia in the year 1798 to boost weapon and ammunition production. 1798, Congress established Harper's Ferry Armory. Congress did. In order to boost the fledgling nation's, the fledgling nation's homegrown arsenal, General George Washington, Washington, excuse me, General George Washington ordered the establishment of the Springfield Armory in Springfield, Massachusetts, prior to the Harper's Ferry Armory in 1776. At first, the armory just stored ammunition and gun carriages, but by the 1790s, the armory began to manufacture muskets and eventually other guns. The American government, for the sake of war, began seriously manufacturing guns in these United States. Around that same time, the U.S. government and some states began hiring smaller gun-making outfits to produce guns or gun parts based on the weapons being produced at the U.S. armories. So they kind of copycat it. Yo, you're a small dude over here. You popping. You making guns. Yo, um, this is what we're doing at the, at the government armories. See if you can improve on that. Some of the oldest U.S. gun makers got their start then, including Remington Arms. A leaflet Remington, who began producing flintlock rifles in the year 1816. It is now 2022, right? So we're talking about just over 200 years since we were producing flintlock rifles. And now... Where are we at? 
AR-15s slash M16s. Because I don't know if you knew that. But you know what? I'll get to that in just um, just a moment. Because it's all connected. Remington Arms has persisted uh, to current times, by the way. Even though they filed for bankruptcy back in 2018 due to sluggish sales. I wonder if their sales are still sluggish. There's a lot of... I stopped myself from saying good gun manufacturers. But that's what they are. They, 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 they manufacture... And I'm hesitant to say these things. They manufacture outstanding weapons. And I want to find another word. Proficient... You know, some of these weapons... I used to have a... Um, a 6-hour 45. And the slide... On that gun was so ridiculously smooth. Firing it, the kickback was so minimal. It was like it was an extension of myself. Like firing it versus firing some of my other guns. It's hard to explain. It was just so smooth to be such a awful tool of destruction i mean i'm shooting 45 ammo and 45 will hit it hit got that knockback but these things are like uh, they're just well manufactured let me just say that eli whitney which was famous for the cotton gin in the 1790s he later developed a system to produce interchangeable rifle parts I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. Like I said, I learned many things while doing this research. In 1836, fast forward about 40 years or so, Samuel Colt, he received a U.S. patent for a handheld pistol that featured a multi-firing system based on a rotating barrel with multiple chambers that could fire bullets through a lock and spring design. You ever heard of Colt 45? And I'm not talking about a beer. Hawked by Billy D. Williams. And back in my street running days in New York City, Colt 45 was not my preference. I'm just going to say that. Tasted watered down beer. It tasted like piss to me. I just, Colt 45 wasn't my thing. Anyway, shout out Colt 45. I don't even, hey, I know y'all was popular in the hood, but anyway, not for me. The Colt 45 is sometimes referred to as the gun that won the West. Though other fire, four firearms, though other firearms, including the 1873 Winchester repeater rifle, also claim that title. With some initial help by once again Eli Whitney, uh, Colt developed molds at his armory in Hartford, Connecticut, that could forge metal pieces comprising the revolver. This innovation enabled Colt to mass produce the weapon and market it, not only to the military, but also to cowboys in the Southwest, gold rush miners in the Rockies, and law enforcement officials nationwide. Mass production. 
late 1800s. Mass production. Who are we mass producing for? Hmm? Gold miners, cowboys, law enforcement. All these men need guns. Did they really? There are many countries where law enforcement never even uses guns. They just real skill with that baton. They'll go up your head. Before you know it, you're lumped up. Then came Civil War firearms. Because once Colt's patent was lifted, other companies, including Remington, Star, Whitney in Manhattan, began manufacturing revolver-type weapons, and the firearm became one of the main sidearms for both Union and Confederate soldiers during the Civil War. Among the most famous of the revolver design was a particular company many people have heard of. Can you guess the company? What? What was that? Hmm. If you guessed... If you guessed Smith and Wesson, you were correct. Their versions proved faster to discharge and faster to reload. Reloading was a common theme. How fast you can reload. And another common theme was how many bullets you can fire in a minute. You know, before I go on with this brief history of firearms... In the United States here, you know, I can't remember being born in the 60s. I have no recollection of a world without guns, clearly, because they were made hundreds of years before I was born. But they always made them look sexy. The TV shows and the movies. Shooting a gun, it was like, pow, you know, he was, he was the man. So many gunfights on the crime dramas and the shows and, and all the movies, guns and explosions. Once again, it brings me back to the question, what is wrong with us? Where this violence is accepted, glorified encouraged here's a a contradiction that clearly demonstrates my point that something is wrong with human beings we will pay for a streaming subscription or a visit to the movie theater to watch murderous criminal acts be committed for our entertainment. Yet, if those same exact murderous criminal acts entered our home or even our neighborhood, we're frightened, appalled, and offended.
Just take a moment to think about that. We'll go watch that same violence. Pay to watch this same violent nowadays and beautiful, high, clear definition, high definition audio, high definition video, clear as day with um, multiple camera angles, slow motion, and all the creative innovations that the you know film and movie industry and tv industry have 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 created we'll watch that death we'll watch those murders we'll watch those killings for entertainment but if they come to us in reality it's horrible. That's a clear contradiction. Something has to be wrong with a biological organism that harbors some form of intelligence that engages in that type of behavior. Logic is unleashed here. I take logic off the chain in my podcast and that behavior that I just mentioned that behavior that I just mentioned is clearly illogical doesn't make any sense Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com message me if you think that shit makes sense that we'll watch death for entertainment yet are appalled when it comes to our face Please chime in on the socials. Even let me know because that shit don't make no sense to me. And this is why I don't watch them. Let me rephrase that. I don't watch them when I'm choosing the entertainment in my family. People know. Don't ask me to, to lead the tribe in what we watching because I watch nature shows and documentaries and I like things that educate me and entertain me. Have I seen some of the, the Marvel movies and, and some of the popular movies? Yes, because I have to compromise. And if some people want to go to this movie or my, you know, some people want to see this other movie. I, I I go along with it. But for me, it's not entertainment. It's horror and murder on display. Why would I want to watch that? If you're with me, if you're a kind-hearted, empathetic, caring, compassionate human being, and you are anti-violence, message me. Let's form a group. Let's form an alliance. Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com. It's also in the show notes, as is all my socials. And once again, if you're one of these patriots just saying, fuck you, Mike, get your black ass out of the country. I accept donations, support the show, 
Venmo, Cash App, PayPal is there. Also, you can email me at Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com. Send me a substantial enough amount of cash where I can, me and my family, my family and I can vacate the country. I'll probably move to Canada. I'm not un-American in the dream concept that is America. That's never come to fruition for black people and for poor white people and for Asian people and Latino people and Native American people and all the people other than white people. And I'm not trying to play the race game or play the race card or make this racist. It just is. It's just the facts. It's just the history. It's what happened and is what's happening now. Still. So the promise of what America could be where it's a land of opportunity is great in concept. It's great in theory. But it's just not actual. And the societal structure being capitalistic. Where we don't share and share alike. We don't support one another. And you'll say, well, Michael, you want to be a socialist. I don't know. Socialism seems pretty good where, you know, free health care, free college, you know, all of these things where money isn't. Valued. I really, I recently watched, um, the latest episode from the show last week tonight with John Oliver. Shout out to John Oliver. Sometimes I think he's a black man living in a little British body, but anyway, or his staff must be black or he just stands for the greater good. He makes a lot of sense. I'm not being paid by anyone, including John Oliver or his show last week tonight, but he put a show on an episode about, um, housing and he said, a couple of times in the show that we value investment over humanity. And I'm paraphrasing. It was something along those lines. And he talked about, you know, landlords. He had one clip of a landlord. He said, who said proudly that he'd evicted people going through chemotherapy while they had cancer and he's evicted grandmothers. No remorse. I'm not going to tell you, but you can guess on your own what race these people were. And gender, for that matter. The cruelty that happens on Earth, I wish didn't exist. And that's just plain and simple. Right? Moving on and continuing with the history. Silver, uh, I mentioned the Civil War firearms. Uh, just before the start of the 20th century, Colt followed by Smith & Wesson would develop a revolver cylinders. That would swing out to the side for unloading and reloading bullets. The so-called double action design. And that would dominate revolver models throughout the 20th century. Now I've had a Colt 45. When I lived in New York. I was a teenager. And I used to carry a Colt 45. And I remember playing with it. Popping out that barrel and spinning it. Playing with it and popping out that barrel, spinning it, and I could, without touching the barrel, I could, I mean, the, uh, the, 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 uh, yeah, the barrel, I, I could go, whoop, 
I could just pop that cylinder back into the gun. Thought I was cool. Could feel cool holding a gun. Rifles, muskets, they also went through rapid improvements during the Civil War. One of the major flaws of the flintlock design was that the wet weather it would mess it up, fuck up the gun. And to avoid this problem, gunsmiths developed a new type of ignition system that protected the gunpowder from the elements. The percussion system developed in 1807, and it used a small copper cap filled with a charge. These innovations. Suppose we had invented a weapon of peace instead of a weapon of destruction. I'm definitely interested for you to let me know. What would that look like? Not a weapon of peace, but a tool of peace instead of a tool for destruction like a gun. Like a kaleidoscope that showed the right combination of colors and emitted a frequency that would immediately make an angry person or hostile person happy. Like, wouldn't that be great? It could be in the shape even of a gun, but instead of shooting a bullet, it would shoot out happiness rays and whatever the person is across from you, they felt hostile or angry. We would have shot all the British soldiers with happiness guns and they would have been happy and peaceful. Yeah, yeah, I know I'm a dreamer. I know you say, Michael, you're being ridiculous. It's impossible to shoot people with happiness. Imagine that. Huh? Next came double barrel shotguns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then came the Spencer gun. There was a Spencer repeating rifle company. They patented the design at the start of the Civil War. Benjamin Henry developed a similar model. And I'm rushing through here a little bit because I didn't know I had gone this far. In terms of time, you know, I try to keep my episodes to an hour. A lot of stuff to choose from in the world. All I ask for an hour. And in the podcast, you can start and stop whenever you want. But still, one of the most acclaimed firearms designers in history was John Moses Browning of Ogden, Utah. He began designing for the New Haven-based Winchester Repeating Arms Company in 1883 and created a version of the rifle that incorporated pump action. Yep, that's right, that pump shotgun. Right? Once again, movies glorified it. People made it seem cool to pump that instrument of death. Hmm? Yeah. They came automatic weapons. Automatic weapons. Browning had 128 patents, John Moses Browning. And some of his best known include the M1911 pistol, the Browning automatic rifle, otherwise known as the BAR, and the M250 cal. The 50 caliber machine gun which he was designed in 1933. The M2 was adopted by the U.S. military and after only slight modifications became the main U.S. sidearm issued throughout the Vietnam War. 
The M1911 was the U.S. military's first semi-automatic handgun, and versions of it remain a weapon of choice among military, law enforcement, and sports shooters today. That Browning automatic rifle was extensively used in World War II and the Korean War, as well as Bonnie and Clyde. Then came the Gatling gun. Before Browning actually developed his semi-automatic handguns and machine guns, Indianapolis, Indiana-based Richard Gatling had already created an earlier, more primitive version of the machine gun. He was actually in the 1860s. He received a patent for a hand-cranked, multi-barreled weapon that could fire 200 rounds per minute. You ever seen a Gatling gun? I'm always reluctant to say they look awesome, but they look hideous. They look like death. The Gatling gun can fire for as long as the crank was turned and somebody was feeding ammunition into it. Then there's the Maxim gun by a British inventor. Um, He was American born, but he was British. It could fire 600 rounds per minute. 600 rounds per minute. Then there was the Tommy gun. The Tommy gun was portable machine gun. It became the weapon, the choice of, of a lot of gangsters, leading to some horrifying crimes. It was the gun used in the Valentine's Day Massacre back in 1929. That slaughter, by the way, the the Valentine's Day Massacre of 1929, that inspired some of the first federal gun control laws in American history. Then came the Kalishnikov. I always have trouble with that word. Kalishnikov. You know what the Kalishnikov is? Another name for the Kalishnikov? AK-47. Well, no. You don't even got to be a gun person. AK stands for automatic by Kalishnikov. That's what the AK in AK-47 stands for. Rapid fire machine gun with lightweight or lighter weight and uh, portability. Now, the deadly effectiveness of the Kalishnikov in the Vietnam War led defense forces at the Pentagon to produce a new U.S. assault rifle called the AR-15 which became known as the M-16 did you know the AR-15 and the M-16 were the same gun both weapons gas operated meaning that a portion of high pressure gas from the cartridge is used to power the extraction of the spent cartridge and insert a fresh one into the weapons chamber They can fire when they're fully automatic up to 900 rounds per minute. Nine 
hundred rounds. Nine hundred bullets per minute. Who needs that? Why does the world need that? Why does the world need that? Mike's opinion show at gmail.com. Somebody give me an answer. Why does the world need a weapon where we can fire 900 bullets per minute from a single firearm? Once again, I'm not naive. We don't know what's out there in the universe. We don't know what mothership may spew thousands of little ships to come kill earthlings from a distant galaxy. Will our Kalishnikovs be enough? I am certain the things that these governments have developed in secret make Kalishnikovs look like darts. Sonic weapons, laser weapons, all the weapons. In the civilian world, the AR-15, a semi-automatic version of the M-16, has become popular among gun sports enthusiasts as well as mass shooters. Newton, Connecticut, Las Vegas, Nevada, San Bernardino, California, Parkland, Florida. Some of the recent mass killings where the AR-15 has been used. Uvalde, Texas. I don't know. I don't know how to change this world. I don't know how to stop the savagery. I don't know how to stop the death, the killing. I don't know how to make sure we don't overpopulate the planet and deplete our natural and other resources. While doing this research for this episode, as I do research for all the episodes, learning this information about these guns, I thought to myself, I wonder if anybody stopped and said, this is wrong. This is not helpful to earthlings. But we were so 
entrenched in war with one another. We're so focused on capturing things that humanity, civility, compromise, and diplomacy always end up taking a back seat. Undoubtedly, there will be some form of civil war if the United States government imposed an all-out firearms ban. As there's going to be some form of civil unrest when the decision for Roe v. Wade which the Supreme Court continues to delay their decision, but will inevitably be released someday soon. Humans embrace and are rife with conflict. And it makes me wonder if I'm from this planet. Because I am not rife with conflict. I see conflict as unnecessary and dumb. I don't understand why we value money and things so far over each other. The nine months it takes for a human to grow who comes out of its mother helpless. Can't feed itself. Can't do anything for itself. And how these little babies grow. And how So many don't care about any of that. They care about how much riches they can acquire, how much land and people they can possess. Guns are something our world could do without. That is Mike's opinion. And I am Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Mike's opinion. Logic Unleashed. Unleashed.